Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. A very popular topic of conversation that Carrie and I often have together is how we can better connect with our masculine and feminine energies just within our daily lives, within our businesses, personal lives. And one thing that I think will be great to kind of talk more about, because this is something that I struggled with at first was, what does that really mean? What is masculine energy? What is feminine energy? And so of course, for me, I love diving deep and going into the rabbit hole of topics that just fascinate me. And to my surprise, it was very much not what I was thinking. So today, We're going to chat a little bit more about what that really means to have that masculine and feminine energy balance within our lives. Yeah, I think one of the most important things to grasp with this whole idea is that when we say masculine, we don't mean men or the traditional gender idea of what a man is. And when we say feminine, the same thing. We don't mean women in traditional gender terms. This is more of an energetic idea and really doesn't have anything to do with human gender at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Every single one of us has masculine and feminine energies. And One thing that I started to really look at is how it affected my daily life. And I'm someone that loves to experiment and just figure out what works best for me. And one thing that I did, which was super helpful, and I learned this from my human design coach that I work with, I wrote down my daily schedule and all the activities that I do from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And then I identified those activities, whether they were feminine or masculine energy. And I think it'll be great for us to kind of go over a few ideas of what each one would look like. And so for myself, when I was looking at my daily routine, the masculine energies that I saw was strict scheduling, strict workouts in the gym, a lot of just doing and a lot of structure around my day, not really leaving much for change or flow. And that's where I started to see the majority of my days were full of masculine energy, especially when I work at the clinic. It definitely is different when I'm working from home. Of course, we have more flexibility at home, but I had maybe one activity that was what you would consider feminine energy, which was my breath work that I would do during my lunch break. But it was eye-opening for me to do that practice. Have you ever done that, Carrie, to kind of look at your day that way? I haven't done that, but ever since you mentioned it, I would love to do it. 
I think when I worked, like you said, in a more structured environment where I had to be there at a certain time and I had to work so many hours and I had a very strict schedule of events that I did each day, I'm sure mine was much more imbalanced, which isn't surprising at all because for thousands of years, our entire world has run on an imbalance of masculine energy. We've really valued masculine energy. We've looked at it as the more productive energy and also just the more valuable energy. And I think that really, if we look at it more closely, could be the reason for a lot of the unhappiness and feelings of unfulfillment and imbalance in our lives today. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those areas that I still really prioritize within my daily life. And especially like I mentioned, I've lived so much of my days with that masculine focus that I've really put so much intention into incorporating more of that feminine energy. And for me, what that will look like adding more of the feminine energy is like waking up in the morning and having lemon water to nourish my system. So that's an intention of nourishing my body, of caring for my body. Then I'll do a little bit of yoga. That's another feminine energy that I've incorporated first thing in the morning. But then it can shift into, okay, I'll open up my planner and look at what my day holds for me and that structure. So there's that masculine side. So it's this like, give and take this flowing in and flowing out throughout my day that I've really tried to balance as much as possible. And even like going for a walk, being in nature to incorporate more of the feminine, especially after work, after I get out of the clinic. So for those of you who work a nine to five job, one piece of advice that I would say is like, what can you do first thing in the mornings? maybe at lunch, midday, and then in the evenings to add more of that feminine energy, that flow, so you can have greater balance. Because working nine to five, there's so much structure. Like that is just pure masculine and you're going and you're doing and you're just nonstop in your mind and rarely within your body. An analogy I once heard from a coach that I was working with that really clarified this idea, and this was the first time I had ever even heard of the concept of masculine energies and feminine energies and how essential both of them are. If we get too out of balance in either direction, it's when we feel thrown off or when we feel unfulfilled. But the visualization that they used to describe this was that masculine energy is like the container, Mm. the glass, and the feminine energy is like the water in the container that moves within it. You can't have water in a functional way for us unless it's in a container if you're wanting to drink it. And an empty container is also sort of meaningless to us. We need both of these things if we want a drink of water. And so thinking of the masculine as the container, we can think of what is the container like? It's solid. It's structured. It's the doing energy of holding the water, the logic, the reason, the mind. And then when we think about the feminine, the water within the container, it's flowing, it's unstructured, it's the being energy, Mm. intuition, allowing, which is more in the heart and the body. I 
love that analogy so much. Actually, my coach had a similar analogy, which was with a dam and how it holds the water. And if those solid walls weren't there, the structure wasn't there, it could be total chaos from the flow of the water and how it just brings this balance when you have structure and flow. You need that balance or there could be complete chaos or just not enough room to open up for all the potential possibilities that can come into your life by just going with the flow, surrendering, opening yourself to receiving instead of being in such control of everything. So I love those analogies so much. And it's one of those areas too, where when I looked at it from a business standpoint, I really began to see how not negative feminine energy could be, but how it could be chaotic and destructive in my business because I didn't have the back end of my business set up to have automatic emails sent out or a process for taking on new clients. And so I would feel just like so scattered and all over the place trying to get things done last minute or even planning out ahead of time to have some structure. So that way in my every day, I could have a little bit more ease and flow. And so that's where I started to see a big difference with too much of one is not a good thing. And for me, I was like, oh, I need more of that. And I went overboard until I realized, no, there has to be this balance. And it's such a beautiful dance with those two energies. I'm really curious if there's anything from the human design lens in regards to understanding the masculine and the feminine within us or within our charts. Yeah. So, oh gosh, there's so many different areas, but the ones that really stand out to me is first, if you look at your sun and your earth, we have at the top right and top left of the chart, there's black numbers, red numbers. You have your conscious sun and earth in the black, your unconscious in the red. The sun is the masculine. Earth can be viewed as a feminine. So you have to have balance within the gate of earth. So for me, it's the gate 27, which is really caring and nurturing. So I have to have balance of not giving too much of myself in order to matched my son, which is the 28, where I have the gate of struggle. And so if I'm giving too much, I can face greater struggle in my life. So it's this balance of caring for others, for myself, the way I truly want to, and then allowing myself to see struggles as potential growth, adventure. So the sun and the earth is one area where you'll see masculine and feminine. And then as far as the gates go, gate one is the most masculine. That's going to be the yang. And gate two is the most feminine. And gate one is a gate of purpose. And you have this in your chart to actually carry. And so at the low expression is this pressure to fulfill your purpose. You can get anxiety around not knowing your purpose or not finding your purpose. It's an extremely creative force and energy. And this is where knowing your authentic self is very strong within the connection of connecting with your life purpose. So that's a lot of masculine energy right there. And the gate two is the gate of allowing. 
And that's our most feminine archetype in the human design graph. So very yin. And that's where that high expression, trusting in source, living from a place of gratitude. And it's all about receiving, allowing yourself to receive. And so it's really fascinating because we have all of the chart. If you don't have gate one or two highlighted, that doesn't mean you don't have it. You absolutely do. So we can all tap into these energies. But with those two gates, that's where you will see the most masculine, most feminine in the charts. It's so interesting how these modalities, human design, the Enneagram can connect to all of these higher level ideas and systems. And that's what we just love doing in this podcast is connecting all of these ideas to the frameworks that we like working within. It's interesting within the Enneagram system, there's not a lot of what I would say more masculine or more feminine ness to the system, but looking at all of the nine types, if you're looking through a lens from traditional white American culture and what a traditional masculine figure looks like and what a traditional feminine figure looks like within the Enneagram system, the type eight is most representative of a traditional white American masculine figure, that paternal protective figure. But nowadays that we are living in a time with much more gender fluidity and a higher understanding of different cultures, even within our own society, this is really crumbling, this idea of one type representing masculinity and what masculinity means. So it's really interesting to me to think of it from the traditional lens and then see how much has changed just in our society and our ways of thinking. And then conversely from type eight, if you're again looking through the traditional white American lens, type two is the archetype that's most feminine or maternal or nurturing through those traditional ideas of what that means. And it's interesting because in the Enneagram world, a lot of women especially women who have a strong Christian religious background can mistype as type two because they have been taught that this is the ideal way to be for a woman to be so serving and to put others before yourself. And that's the way that maternal people should act. So it can be really interesting when you're working with someone and trying to help them discover their type to dig through all those layers and try to dig through that conditioning in order for them to get more in touch with their authentic self outside of these ideas of what is masculine, what is feminine, how do I have to be within that system and in that framework. Mm, that's fascinating. And just listening to you talk kind of had my brain going about just sharing like when we talk about the two systems too, our problem right now, I think in society is that we want to label ourselves as something. We want to label the Enneagram type, your human design type, whatever it may be, health issues. It gives us the sense of security in a way because like, oh, okay, there's a name for that instead of being like lost in this unknown. And I think it's just so important for us to realize we are not our human design energy type. We are not your Enneagram type. It is a way of bringing greater awareness to themes that you may see 
coming up in your life more frequently in some places than others. And that's kind of me talking about the human design body graph and the highlighted areas. You might be more familiar with those themes, but that's not who you are. You are a sovereign being and this whole concept of the systems, it is not another way of labeling anything within you. And I'm just so incredibly passionate about it because I, for so long, wanted to have a label for why I was this way or that way. And I love how you bring up everything that you mentioned regarding the type eight and type two within the white American culture and how things are shifting. Yeah, exactly. And there's a famous quote within the Enneagram world, something to the effect of the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It shows you the box you're already in and how you can get out of it. Like these systems help us see our natural patterns that we might be completely asleep to and completely unaware of. And when you become aware of them and start noticing them, that's when you can take the pause to make a different choice, to not follow the same condition patterning in your behavior and in your reactions that you've done for most of your life. And that's when the real change can start to happen. Absolutely. Everything we present here on the podcast is to give some thoughts and inspiration on how you can begin to step outside of the box that society has put many of us in. And so I think it'd be great for us to share like, okay, someone wants to gain greater awareness of that feminine and masculine energy within their own lives. How can they start to identify and to create balance? And so I already mentioned one tip earlier on where I think it's a great thing to look at your day list out all of the activities and go through them and ask yourself, does this have me more in my body or more in my mind? And that feminine energy is going to be more within the body. I mentioned nourishing your body with good, healthy food or the hot lemon water that I do in the morning, play, yoga, breath work, or is there a lot of structure where you're getting up with an alarm, you're looking right at your schedule, then you're going to the gym with the intention of a solid routine and looking at the breakdown of your day, I think could be extremely helpful for anyone who wants to get a better idea of where they're at in their daily life with those two energies. Definitely. And I think the way we're speaking, trying to find ways to fill your day with more feminine energy and balance the masculine, we're only speaking from that perspective because we're assuming most people in our society where we live, which is in the United States, are living in an imbalance of more masculine than feminine activities in their day. That might not be the case for you. And if that's true, maybe you do need to add a little bit more structure to your day. But definitely everyone in my life has an imbalance toward having more masculine energy activities in their day. So like Dominique said, it's really important when you do have moments of unstructured time to try to fill them with less structured activities, but activities outside of just scrolling or chilling. It's fine to just chill and watch Netflix every now and then. We all love doing that. Mm, yeah. But also trying to add a few of those things into your life that are energy giving in terms of maybe creative energy or 
just feeling good energy if you're doing something you love, doing activities that bring you a sense of ease, maybe just laying outside on the grass for a mm -hmm. while or just doing something that resets your nervous system in a way that allows it to calm down, reconnect with nature. These are the kinds of things that tend to be a little bit more feminine that we don't have time for in our day. Absolutely. I love, uh, of course, all of the nervous system regulation work. I talk plenty about it. And for me, going outside barefoot, walking in the grass, or like you mentioned, laying in the ground helps me to reconnect to nature source where it all begins. And that's something that I try to incorporate a little bit of every single day. We all have one or two minutes where we can kick those shoes off and just go stand in the grass, connect with the earth in order to have some of that feminine energy within the mix. And also we did an episode a little while back all about play, the importance of play. And that right there is a tremendous way of bringing more of that feminine energy into your life with creativity and fun, all of it combined in one. And I think that's just another thing that I try to do as much as possible. It doesn't work out every day. It's not going to be perfect every day, but the intention behind it to create greater balance, I think is where it all starts. And I think when we're talking about exercise specifically, we all strive to have an exercise routine in our lives and exercise in and of itself can have a more masculine energy flair or a more feminine energy. And it's, again, good to have a balance of both of those in your life. So the more high energy exercise, cardio, power yoga, strength training, those exercises where you really start to sweat are more of that masculine energy. And then the more supportive body movement, yin yoga, restorative yoga, any kind of gentle stretching, or like you said, any activity that may be physical, but that feels like play to you, that's going to help you get into your feminine. Even if it is a little bit higher energy, if it's fun and easeful, and there's no structure or time limit or deadline around it, it's going to naturally bring that feminine flow. Yeah. I love that you bring up those differences when it comes to exercise and caring for our bodies, because that's an area where I used to like hit the gym a lot. I would try to lift heavier each week. And that was a little bit too much structure for me alone. And when I started to incorporate yoga, it just felt so much better with that balance. And right away, I started thinking about as far as play goes, hula hooping. And I mentioned in the play episode how I would do cartwheels just randomly just to see if I can still do them. But I think of those two activities and it just makes me smile. And for me, that's like pure feminine energy right there. Have fun, play, just be and go with whatever it is that's feeling good with your body movement. That's how I feel about roller skating, oh, my ultimate yeah. play cool. that I love to do. I wish I knew how to roller skate. I'm so terrified that I'm going to fall on my ass. And then for me, I'm like, if I break something, I'm not going to be able to work. I wonder if it's one of those things that you had to build that muscle memory as a kid and then it's just there. But as an adult, it feels a lot scarier. That's how I feel with skiing. Oh, God. Yeah. Because I was never a skier or a snowboarder. And so I'm like, I think I might be past the age to build that muscle memory in an easeful way. I'm sure I could do it, but it would take a lot more 
intentionality and work than if I had just learned as a child. I think I'm the only one at my clinic who does not ski or snowboard. I live in Maine and I will get teased sometimes about how I'm like, I'll snowshoe because no, I'm not going to risk injuring myself at all. Like, nope, don't care. It's not that important to me. Yes, it looks fun, but I'll be the one walking instead of gliding and flying by. Yeah. Oh, I would much rather snowshoe. That sounds so much more fun to me. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's absolutely just such a beautiful thing to also look at the physical activity like we were just saying and getting better idea of using that as a way to incorporate more of the balance between those two energies. And when it comes to just daily life in general, made the comment about how I'm not perfect. I mean, neither one of us get it right every single day. And certainly that expectation is not on any of you out there as well. It's all about the intention behind it and just allowing yourself to have greater balance within that flow and structure in order to create greater balance within your life as a whole. And as we always like to share, it's really about coming from a place of love as you're incorporating some of the stuff in your own daily life with less judgment, less guilt or blaming. If you don't get it right the first time, just enter into it with some compassion, with the thought of creating greater love within your own life. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.